Another Step Outside podcast as we come to you from our Step Outside studios here in sunny Queensland. I tell you what, it has been an absolute epic season. As we come to the finale of season three today on Seven Mate for Step Outside with Paul Burt. But don't worry, season four banging on the door. It's knocked it down, folks. It's on next weekend. So I thought it'd be fitting to talk to a host and the owner of the longest running radio station or show, I should say, radio fishing show. In Australia, it's called High Tide, and you may have heard of it on 2SM Network. Runs all the way from Wollongong up towards Gympie, central coast of Queensland. It's an absolute legend of a show. Bloody good blokes on there as well. Generally have Alan Blake. It's all headed up by Kieran Riki. It's back. We've got Kieran online now. Good morning to you, mate. How you going, bud? Buddy, I'm doing well. And yourself, I'll just um, add something to that for you. Yep. Our, um, our coverage is 95% in New South Wales. And the full east coast of Queensland. Oh, you go and right then, to the tip now. Awesome. Yep. And a lot of areas um, pick us up, like in Tasmania, South Australia, even over in WA. Can I tell you now, Mr. Riki, I have picked you up. Well, I'm not going to say I picked you up 2am down at King's Cross back in the old days when you needed to lift home, but I've picked you up from Hawaii, uh, listening up to the station via the big web. All the W's, the wiggle, wiggle, yep, wiggles. And, <laughs> and like you, I have, but this is back in my early days, even before high tide, I'd fished over there in Hawaii as well. With a great old mate of mine, was racehorse trainer called Paul Sutherland. Hey, mate, you, you're into the, the horses, aren't you? No, yeah, I like the horses. I've been involved in the uh, racehorse game since I was 14 years of age. Yep. I was uh, actually. Riding track work at Rose Hill for uh, the Musson family. That's where I first started. Mate, tell Before me. Before I finished up riding for the Sherds and Brian Guy's father, Ray, Ray Guy. So you're a jockey? No, I was trying to be a jockey. I signed up as an apprentice as a jockey. I'd run away from home. Yep. And uh, that's what I wanted to be, but that didn't happen. I, they said you can't be a jockey if your shoe size goes past four. And here I'm trying to put size six feet into size four shoe. Didn't work. Is that right? So but size, I still size kept riding. four. I was riding down there till I was 29 years of age. Oh, good on you, mate. What a, what a great passion it is too. And that passion's also led you into something else, given the uh, the longest running fishing show. How long has it been going for now, High Tide there, Kieran? 30, 33... 33 years. Wow. And it uh, was a little bit longer than that. It, the program actually evolved from a program that I was involved in in, uh, in a movie and also a short series for uh, television called World of Water. Oh, okay. That's fascinating. Right? And, we, mm-hmm. and it was all about everything that water does for you, including the water and what, how good water is for your body. But that's where we had a five-minute fishing segment in the program. Right. And a good friend of mine who was involved in everything I did in those days, who's passed on now, John Beck. Right. And I, and I was trying to recover from a major accident where I'd lost all my speech and I'd spent many months in a coma. And so, therefore, 
Biggie got me, he said, he spoke to Barry Huntsworth, 2KY, and said, look, I'll give that program a run for an hour. See how it goes. So World of Water then went to radio. From that the, that five-minute segment of fishing, which the first person I had on was Steve Starling. Oh, yeah, Starlo. Right? Yep. And, and that, then uh, then I would have Bruce Shoemaker and Starling, Shoemaker and that. And, I, you know, I, I wasn't involved in the speaking part of it. I used to produce it all. And um, it, would have been hard, it, would, it would have been hard there, Kieran, to get a word in over Starlo too, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> like, it was very guy. obvious. Yeah. That Starlo wanted to be more than just a radio announcer. Mm. He needed his melon on the TV. Fair enough. And that's why he pursued there with Rex Hunt. Yeah, he went there and then Bushy eventually went there. But um, so that was good. So I, I actually did a little bit with um, Rex in those days because High Tide had a, a disability fishing program as well, you know, and we used to sponsor and... I'd get involved with all the guys that were suffering with, you know, all sorts of disabilities, and I'd take them all fishing. Mate, that's a lot. It's a lot of fun there. I mean, you know, and that's that's playing your part there to, uh, you know, for the community as well, which is what High Tide really started out as a community announcement of fishing. But when when John Dunphy got involved, he didn't want five minutes of of fishing on a one hour show. He wanted the whole damn lot. You've been talking to me. Somebody's been whispering to you because well, that was correct. I went and I said to him, it looks like they're going to give me 12 months. Yeah. I said, and I need a sponsor so I can get some money. Yep. And he said, I'll be a sponsor. But he said, I'm telling you, it's going to be more than five minutes of fishing. <laughs> so it did. It changed to a fishing show and then become, we got involved with the boating and uh, the boating. And we built from one hour, uh, we do one hour of Monday to Friday from 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock. And then we do Saturday 4 to 8 and Sunday was 4 to 10. And that last hour, then I brought my brother in and his contacts and we would do it all about cooking. And I would have chefs on from all around the world. Yeah, wow. So and all the famous chefs on because my brother, uh, back in the early uh, early 80s, probably just he might have got in in the late 70s, he was in the top 10 chefs of the world. Yeah, wow. Good good brother to have, mate, especially on a yeah, Sunday so, morning yeah. breakfast. So, well, it was good for the program because <laughs> everybody knew him and everybody wanted to be on the program. Mate, tell and me. Uh, we covered a lot there. That was good. Mate, tell me about High Tide because you put it on the road as well. You've taken the, the show uh, mobile at times where you venture up the state, New South Wales. Uh, mate, tell me about those. Is it is it tricky to, to do that? And, and how was it? Of course, you know, you get a great reception wherever you go. Uh, particularly in the coastal towns as well, because the West Western folk love uh, the High Tide program. Uh, you know, it's a good thing because they, they love their freshwater fishing and you cover freshwater fishing within the show. But tell me about the, yeah. mobile, the mobile range that uh, you guys used to run and get out there and, uh, and do, and still do pre-COVID. Of course, COVID's knocked it on the head a bit, but it looks as though it might be back shortly on the, on the mobile scene. Mate, how did that well, go? We, we look like we may be able to go back on the road in those early days, everything had to be done through Telstra. Um, telecom back those days, mate. <laughs> yeah, telecom was there. They were the people. I think because 2KY was um, owned by the Labor Party, that we had uh, some good connections, you know. But, I mean, when I got going, um, Mike Bailey was at 2, uh, 2KY. He 
the boss had bought him from 2GB and a few other people, but they didn't have, uh, Shanahan didn't have room for him in the newsroom. Of course, uh, he was quite well known from the ABC as the weatherman. So I had to give him a job. So he was one of the presenters of High Tide. Right. Um, he was probably our first presenter when, when we got going. When, when we stepped outside that hour mark and we got going into four hours on a Saturday and four hours on a Sunday, which, as I said, eventually built up to a lot more. And then along came Gareth McRae. Mike went to the 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock breakfast program. Gareth came along. He was another buyer that they bought from GB and uh, nowhere to put him. So they put him on high tide. So we had him there for a short time as well. Then he went to the morning programs as well. Meanwhile, I had to make a decision. I had to let Starling go and retain Bruce Schumacher. Right. Okay. And uh, I think she was still involved in the Recreational Fishing Trust Fund and Advisory Committee. Right, okay, yep. But we're talking about JD, Johnny Dump, and Shimano. What a legend of a bloke, mate. um, You know, I I remember with John Dunphy, because obviously I I worked with my brother Dougie many years as a kid in the tackle game. And, uh, you know, after school, before school, I'd be – He'd say, right up, come on in. I'd go back into mess-ups or moss-ups back in those days and we'd sit back and, uh, you know, he, he was, uh, Dougie, well-seasoned, uh, you know, tackle junkie uh, come sales guy for fishing uh, since he was a kid as well. So he brought me under his wing. He really helped me out a massive lot, my bro. And, uh, mate, he'd, he'd give me a, a packet of a, about a million swivels and I had to bag him up into 10. And, mate, that's all I did, sit in the back room. Swivels, sinkers, hooks, swivels, <laughs> sinkers, hooks. It never stopped. It never stopped. However, I got to, to see a lot of the tackle and, you know, I love my fishing. And, uh, you know, that sort of got us going. But I remember meeting, uh, obviously, a, a few of the, the guys there from their Queensland reps from Shimano and having a good old jibber and and uh, and, and talking talking to those guys, which is fantastic. And then um, I got the, the honour of meeting JD when I was working with Peter Pakula, uh, doing some stuff there with the the marlin, the famous marlin fishing guy. What you know, absolute legend with his lures. Uh, if I can say something, Peter, yeah. Peter Pakula, mm. Mister Pakula. Yeah, um, he, he used to be on the on the program in those early days in the nineties. Yeah, uh, always talking about the new lures that he made and whatever. Yeah, and they cost a fortune, but he would give me a few to go away when I was going away mm. fishing anywhere. Mm. And like they were about three, four hundred dollars in those days. Yeah, mate, they and, weren't. They uh, weren't cheap. No, no, they were very expensive, and he was. He'd get quite annoyed. I <laughs> come back minus one or two. <laughs> but mate, JD, yeah, JD, you're the reason that you're on high tide is because of John Dumpy. Yep, uh, absolutely. Take my hat off. Totally, totally. Yep, I that. used. I used to talk to Dougie to get a fish report. Yep. I'm on the Gold Coast, right? Yep. And Dump said, oh, you're wasting your time. Because Dumpy always thought High Tide was his. Yeah. Right? He was the major sponsor. And he would tell everybody about his own fishing show. Yeah. And he said to me, Dad, I don't want you talking to Doug anymore. Talk, bring this bloke up and tell him, you, I said he's got to be on the program. <laughs> and that was you. There you go. There you so go. That's that how it happened, happened eh? Dump, he he done some... Tricky things for me, Dom. As good as mate as I was, yep. I like 
I had a, I had my own bedroom at his house. You know, the, yeah. because we would often go to lunch. Yeah. And somebody would have to come and pick us up and take us home. Ah, good uh, lunches. But, yeah. There were good lunches, and it was quite funny. You know, like he's got a, say uh, a whack load of money, and Kieran's just battling. Yep. But he would say, uh, okay, look, I'll pay for lunch. You buy the wine. Yep. I didn't need all the wine. It'd be 38 or $42 a bottle. <laughs> and we just wouldn't drink one or two. Yeah. And uh, as we progressed, he'd take right, we've had lunch, and he'd buy us hamburgers or something like something. Something didn't quite very much on the menu. Yeah. And then we go, he said, we've got to go and put some money in the poker machine. Yeah. So we go to the poker machine. Yeah, we'll play this one. You put the first 50 in because you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I put the 50 in, and many times we'd win a jackpot, right? Or yeah. get a real good pay. Yeah. And, right, we'll take that out. Yeah, we'll go, he'll split the money half and half. I said, what about mistake? No, 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 that's not counted. <laughs> I never got mistake back ever, but I uh, had a lot of fun. At you know, we owned racehorses together, and mm. so we spent a lot of time, lot, a lot of time together. Mate, he's, he's an absolute he supported the program, even though he's no longer here. No, he spoke with the Japanese people when they took him over there to try and find yep. a cure for him. Mm. That they must, while ever I'm still involved in the program uh, that it's his wish that they should support it, which they do. Mate, um, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, a great legacy of, you know, fishing uh, that, that JD's given Australia as well, you know, when it comes to the, the product and just the, the, uh, the way it started as well with, um, you know, obviously with uh, Rex Hunt uh, and Shimano bringing life to TV, yeah. to television. Uh, and then of course, with high tide on the radio, I mean, we've seen, such a massive change in education of fishing. Uh, thanks to the, the, those two programs, as far as I'm concerned, we have our program, Step Outside, of course, but, you know, I, I still look up to Rex Hunt, and I still, you know, <laughs> I still turn around, and, and I've met the great man many times, uh, but when you turn around and you, and you, uh, you know, you, you think about the kiss of the fish, the releasing of the fish, and the antics that went on the television was was quite incredible, uh, you know, and it was fun. It was educational, but fun. It wasn't a stall what of a, of a boring piece of um, information being put on TV like a lot of programs these days and back well, in those I, days. It's I had fun. I speak to Rex. Mm. I said, Rex, you've got to stop kissing the fish. <laughs> and he said, no, no, no. I said, I'm telling you why, Rex, because so many people are ringing and saying, oh, you know, you know, Rex, but these, my kids are now starting to kiss the fish. And, of course, they go to kiss the tailor. Yeah. And the tail of latches onto the lips. Yeah. <laughs> so they're off to the hospital. This happened on several occasions yeah. that they had to go to the hospital to have the fish removed from the mouth of the child. <laughs> well, you, you know, know, mate, it, 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 you look, you, you've got to look at some of the fish. I mean, the chopper tailor really was one of those catches that you wouldn't want to mess with, let alone a wahoo or a mackerel or a marlin. Like, you know, common sense, kids. Common sense, yeah. don't kiss things with big teeth. Use that when you get older too. Uh, I'll tell you what, mate, the show now has, has morphed uh, because you've got a, a regular featured uh, you know, presenters in with you, uh, such as Alan Blake. Tell me about Blakey because um, 
Blakey comes from the the background of the marine industry. Uh, he's been part of the High Tide Show for quite some time as well, hasn't he? Well, you're going to talk to Blakey next week, mm. but he will tell you, or he will confirm, our first meeting wasn't very pleasant <laughs> because Alan had, had bought a, an advertising package that the travelling agent would sell, you know? Yeah. And nobody was like on the bike used to say, now, we won't have the salesman sell use. I used to sell it, you know? Mm. Anyhow, Blakey bought his package, and I had um, another person doing the, the boating at the time. Yeah. And um, I know I wasn't going to have the second person. So I said, no way. So Alan said, hey, I'm advertising on the program. If you don't accept that, I'll sue you. Wow. Yep. And a few other words took place. <laughs> um, well, I'll, I'll meet you at the bank of a pub. <laughs> but, but since then, you know, uh, about a week later after he started, get you know, up. Um, I used to go fishing overseas a lot with Chris Quested, who yep. was from Narrabeen. Yeah. And he said, "Mate, I got this organised. I'm going to take some." divers with me and he would look at the surfing and the diving and the fishing and that's what he used to sell, you know? Mm. Um, so I, he said, oh, one, of the, one of the footballers was coming and he couldn't come. Right. One, somebody from Manly. Yep. Anyhow, so I rang Blakey up and I said, mate, we're going to Guam <laughs> for about 10 days. Yeah. Would you like to come? Yep. It's cost you nothing. Everything will be paid for. And all, all, all expenses found, right? Yep. He said, what are you calling now? <laughs> and that sent the hair up the back of my neck again. You know? Right, yes. <laughs> but we went, we went over there and we had some great times. But I'll let him, let him tell you about fishing Guam and Palau and all those areas. Yep. Because it's a great story. And then we caught some good fish, and I learned about the shark. Wow. Um, we were in the Marlin fishing one day, and Noel Kelly, the old footballer, yep, he's a great mate of mine, and he was on the tour. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've hooked up this big shark, big yep. tiger, right? Yep. And got it up to the edge of the boat, and the decky run down with his knife and cut it, yeah. cut the line. Yeah, yeah, free. Yeah. No, 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 you can't kill the shark, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. And Noel said, hey, you love him so much, he picked him up and threw him in the drink. <laughs> yeah. Which is something. Many, some... many, many miles <laughs> offshore, let me tell you. Oh, my <laughs> no, goodness. But we did go and pick him up. Oh, of course, and of uh, anyhow, the captain explained to us that this particular island mm. and the people worship the shark and in a few days' time, he said, you will see where they go into a bay mm. and they put the babies afloat in the water where the sharks are all swimming around. Oh, really? And that was, I actually seen that. I was part of that. Wow. You know, so um, to me, I think the shark is a magnificent creature. I like the shark. I hate them. But. I think they, mate, I, I can't stand the sharks. 
when you're uh, fishing. You're out there. You're out there fishing for red emperor or cold trout or anything like that. You spend well, all your dough to get to, to get up to these beautiful, amazing places, and you pull up on a reef and you drop down. And what happens? You hook up. Three seconds later, you're onto a shark. So you move. You move. You move ten course. miles to another reef, and you pull up. You drop down. Five seconds later, after hooking onto a beautiful red fish, you got sharked. I'll tell you what. You get into those positions, and you don't like the shark. But you don't want to see. You don't want to see. Yeah, but you don't want to see killing of of sharks just for fins or for some sort of medicinal that's, purposes overseas to give them a little bit more of an enhancement, ever. which is ridiculous. Well, you know, they, they, the people that cut the fin off the shark, yeah. therefore he loses his rudder. Yeah. Is it's, you know that's cruel. Oh, I to- cool. and I totally agree with you. That that I I don't like. I think that's ridiculously bad, and that's illegal and it's not good. But I I do look at I do look at the um you know and obviously for swimming and all that sort of stuff there it's it, it is happening. Yeah, we see attacks around the world, uh, of course, and uh, with social media, it's really brought to light these days compared to the old days where you didn't really hear of it much. But you know the thing was, mate. You know I. I the sharks, when you look at a shark that's 1.5 metres long in Queensland in particular, I'll talk about that, is you can't touch it over 1.5. So they get bigger and they get more and more. They get a lot of them, a protected species. It's not going to, there's no apex predator other than that particular number or killer whale, but we don't have a lot of those things here. But, you know, th- those sharks keep growing and reproducing. So, again, I'm not for killing the sharks but i guess when you are on those reefs and you want to catch some good table fish to bring home and the shark is prolific in numbers that just keeps eating then that becomes a but, hassle and also for the professional anglers out there the commercial guys right, mate. look paul you've got to give it to the shark right he does know where to, where to finish his bite he never gets gets the hook yeah, that's right. <laughs> right, right behind the gills. Right behind the head, so he's got the full fillet. Yeah, that's exactly right, mate. Or he just leaves just a bit of a taste for, for the angler to uh, have that little yeah, bit of very, some, just, yeah, just behind the pectoral fin, you know, just that little bit, about an inch of, uh, of meat, the rest of the two foot of fish is gone. Hey, and a smaller <laughs> one will come and take a belly, It'll take a great big bite out of the belly of the fish. But he does but leave you, he you. does leave you the bad fish though, like the mother-in-law fish. He does let those oh, ones come yeah. back to the boat. <laughs> He's smart. Very smart. Now listen, mm. while we're talking about sharks, yeah. a funny situation. Yeah. We were always, we were invited, Shoemaker and I, we used to fish the Vanuatu comp. Right. Right. So we're fishing one day, and we come back, and she was talking to me, and we're running a couple of trolling lines out the back as we're coming back in that deep channel. Mm-hmm. And he hooks up a wahoo, and he's never caught a wahoo before. Right. So he's got it up. Hang on to this, girl. Right, he goes, runs in, gets his camera. He's got to take a photo of this big wahoo. Yeah. <laughs> and as he goes to click, the shark's gone whack. <laughs> I left him the head. He went like, I said, you've got nothing to even to boast with. <laughs> I said, you should have had the camera out here in the first place, you know. Anyhow, yeah. that, that, uh, that just confirms what you're saying. Mm. And I've had that happen many times fishing with Peter Sayer. Yeah. And, and like, and I fished out of the Solomon Islands and I fished out of New Guinea. New Guinea was good. Uh, I fished with Greg Norman for a week up there. 
He yeah. was on the boat that I was fishing out of uh, Rabaul. Okay, mate. He's a he's not he's a, is he a lovely bloke? I mean, I've, I've never met him, so I'd imagine he would be because he's a fisherman and a golfer. He is a fisherman Two and a very green sports. fisherman, and he wanted to catch a big marlin, and we yeah. were catching marlin that were over two hundred k. But every morning we get up and we have the cards and draw the numbers out of the cards, or when you're in the chair next, right? Yeah. Anyhow, the guy, this guy came, and I can never think of his name, but he was extremely well-known fly fisherman from out of Melbourne. Right. And it was his turn up. So mm. he's, he's shot out of fly, mm. and he's hooked up. As it turned out, it ended up weighing about 200K, blue marlin. Right. Well, the hill was on it for at least eight hours of the day. Wow. Well, Norman was getting quite peeved. <laughs> he wanted to have a go. We, we obviously were in a spot where there was a few marlin, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but he was a good fisherman. I fished with a couple of good good fishermen. Uh, George Bush. Oh, the president? George, yeah, President George Bush Senior. Wow. And I went on his boat, which was 44-footer, and... Um, uh, one of the guys that he brought along was Joe Montana. Oh, right, eh? Yep. Right. He was the famous quarterback for the Dolphins. Yep. Yeah, so they're probably my three. But I have all the sports people. I've fished for so many sports people, you know? Mm. Steve War. Uh, why, Lenny why, why? Pasco. What was he good for? Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Steve War. Well, i got a great, I got a great <laughs> character. Yeah, photo of him um, that was hand drawn and lovely and uh, inscribed by by Steve. Uh, and then I got the thong, Lenny Pasco, Jeff Thompson, who's another great fisherman. Hey, did tell Dougie me, Walters. I got to ask you a question. Yes. Now I heard a rumor along the uh, the grapevine that uh, Tomo got pigged. Uh, hey? He got pigged by a pig. He got gouged. Is that true? He did. He did. Yeah. And he got he well, got he got gouged. he got gouged in his butt. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Great big gash. Many 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 stitches. <laughs> and the yeah. re- the reason I knew that I saw a photo. Right. One of, one of you boys. I don't know who it was. Sent a photo through to me and said, "Have a look at this. This is what what Tom o just had done." He was out pigging out it, west of North, New South Wales or something. Well, that wouldn't be me. That'd be that rotten Lenny Pasco because he's, <laughs> he's never stopped sending photos. Well, I got the photo through, and I could see—I didn't see anyone's face, but I saw—I saw the uh, the butt of of some bloke with a with a dirty big yeah. big gash in there from uh, from a pig tusk. <laughs> that would have hurt. Have I got a couple of minutes to tell you a couple of funny stories? Yeah. We, I used to always go to the Miami Boat Show. And that's how come the reason I got to meet George Bush was through Brazaka. And you've heard of Brazaka? Absolutely. He was uh, famous for bringing um, helicopters to far north Queensland when it came to fishing. He would take you to the most Not remote spots. For that. He was, he was the first person to catch a mile big, big with Marlin, for Lee so. Marvin. Yeah. For Lee Marvin. I missed going with him. I could have been on that. Bad income. So he went out. So the you know big cat reality, which is the the big cat that we go out. I'm looking on it on my on my desk saver at the moment. Screenshot is uh, that boat. It's turning fifty years old this year, Kieran, and it was 
the mothership for Lee Marvin when he would do his game fishing. Well, he bought that boat. He got he got Brazaka, who had a great mate, who was a um, an architect, right, in, in the industry of boating, to draw up a boat. He paid for it to be built, and he gave it to Brazaka. Wow! Right. The first day he took him out fishing, he caught him the treble, right? Blue, black, and a stripe. Yeah, nice. But he yeah. was, he was something he did. To talk about Brazaka is another story. That's mm. another week or more that I could talk to you about. Fishing people, you know, for a lot of dropping names and that, that was good. I had all the sports team, uh, Canberra, Ricky Stewart, and all the Canberra boys. I took them fishing. Uh, out, I took them out with Rotto. Ross O'Brien. I took the birds from Eastern Suburbs with Ross O'Brien and also from Manly. Nice. And a few times I'd take a Jeff Tuvey with me on um, some of the island trips, you know? Yep, I remember Jeff. Yeah, mate, absolutely. Well, you, mate, you, High Tides, it's such a, a, a fantastic show that's been, um, you know, synonymous amongst uh, many households around uh, the eastern parts of Australia for over 33 years now, as you mentioned. Mate, when can people listen to it next week? Uh, obviously, Friday or Saturday and Sunday. And, of course, you can jump onto the 2SM website uh, and just type in High Tide. And it's H-I. It it's not as an high jump. It, it was H-I-G-H. Oh, really? But in, in 1990, yeah. I bought a Ford Capri. Yep. And I wanted to advertise the show. Yeah. But so to get the six numbers, I had to drop the G-H, and that's what made it. High Tide, H-I-T-I-D-E. Is that right? Yeah, well, that's I, how the name came about. Oh, I like it. It's a little bit different, mate. Now, Kieran, you also used to do a lot of trips over to Florida Keys, mate. Tell me about that. Oh, very, very interesting. We need a, a week or two to talk about it. Uh, as I said earlier, uh, with George Bush and Jay Montana, um, we'd go over. They'd always be down at the Miami Boat Show, and the good mate Bobby Wonders would always wander along with me. But um, George Bush wanted me to leave Australia and do a high tide show on the West Coast all the way up from Florida, from Florida to right up. Nice. And he said, like, we'll put you this big house here right, you know, right on the beach, right? The government will buy that and put you in that. And I said, George, the problem with this is it is only, Florida Keys is only one metre above sea level. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, no, I've been in waves that are way over one metre. So I don't want to get washed away. But I, I, I was at sixes and sevens about, do I want to go and live in America? I loved it over there. I, and, you know, uh, because I knew him and it got so well. But if you've got time, a couple of royalty things that happened to me. Was George Bush a president back then, or was he yeah, ex-president? Yeah, yeah, he was the president then. Did, so tell and me then about... He was, he was, and like, that was the, when I first met him, yeah. and then after that, his son taken over, right? Did he have many bodyguards and all that sort of stuff around Secret Service, clearly, I'd imagine? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There was always people in the background. Yeah, well... Yeah. And, like, you, honestly, they nearly blocked the sun. That's how big they were. <laughs> Mate, but, you, you, you've dined in some of the, the best uh, you know, restaurants and also um, uh, you got up to some shenanigans in the in the nightclub scene as well. Tell me about that. That was interesting. We're there. We'd, we'd gone to a couple of nightclubs and walked in hmm. and then realised that we shouldn't be in them. They were not not us. 
you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yep. And then I said to, to Bobby Wonders, I said, Bob, you know, I know how to work these ones out now. The ones that have got a policeman sitting out the front, we shouldn't be in. Right. Right. So we found one that there was no policeman. We went in there. It was a great, beautiful place. And we're having a few bourbons. More people keep coming in. And the waiter's prices kept going up as more people kept coming in. Anyhow, I said, well, I'm going to go to the bar and buy them direct from the bar. So as I go to the bar and I buy these two bourbons, all of a sudden everything's gone quiet. And everybody peeled back and made this big pathway. And in walks Zorro. And I mean Zorro. The hat, the goggles, the cape, the the shirt, the trousers, and the black boots, you know? Yep. And he's gone in and he's walked up this flight of stairs up into the lounge area up the top. Yeah. Which nobody else was allowed. Anyhow, so I want to get up there because I've had more than what I should have had to drink. Yeah. And I want to go. So I'm inquisitive. So I'm down the bottom and these big blokes wouldn't let me pay. I said, hey, just move. I want to talk to Zorro. So Zorro must have heard me singing out. And because my voice is different, and, and especially different to the Yanks, mm. he's allowed me to go up there and sit down. So I'm talking to him, I mean, you know, yeah. and he's asking me about the fishing and what's it like in Australia, and I'm telling him all about Australia. And he said, do you like shooting? And I said, yeah, I'd love Yeah, but I don't mind shooting. I'll probably shoot better than what I fish. Anyhow, so the next morning at the hotel, there's a knock on the door. There's a great big limousine down outside, and I grab Wonders. I don't want to go on my own. Yep. And uh, go out to his private jet, and they fly us down to Venezuela, and we go deer shooting. And let me tell you, he never took that outfit off, and I could not see his face. Wow. Wow. Well, you know, and he was always dressed as Zorro. Mm. So I just assume, and one shouldn't assume, but I must assume that, he was making plenty of money probably in the, in the industry that I don't get involved in. Well, that was a great thing. But I never seen the guy again. We just had that two days of him, and I've never seen or heard from him again. Amazing memories. Then, yeah, great. I've never forgot it. I see it clear as day while I'm talking to him. Then I used to always wander over to the Spanish restaurant that was opposite the hotel that we stayed in. Nearly all the media people stayed in the same hotel because they've been so close yeah. to the boat show. Yeah. And that's another thing. You've been to the boat show no, over there, Miami? Never been to Miami boat show, mate, no. Right. Not, it takes six yet. days to cover it. <laughs> six days it takes. You've got to allow six days to walk through and cover the whole lot of it. Wow. Um, so that'll give people some idea of how large it is. Hmm. But at this restaurant who where I got on really well, with them all there. I don't know who owned it, but I think these folks just all work there. And then we're there one day, and we're only, only two blokes sitting up in the back corner, wonders and I. And in the door comes, all these people come in, these great big islanders, right? Mm. And in the middle of all these islands was a, a rather large lady mm. who turned out to be a queen of one of the major islands off Hawaii. Ah. Fascinating. Well, she took the, took a fancy to me, and uh, so I spent a fair bit of time talking to her. And the boys said, you know, she wants to take you back to her island. And I said, no, no, no. 
I've, I've taken one excursion. I've not taken two excursions. And, and I ran into it for three years in a row. And I said to Wonders, don't you ever leave my side. <laughs> Mate, I know something. I know some of your fishing antics have taken you all around the world. Uh, mate, also they've taken you up in the sky. Mate, tell me about the time that a twister came through when you're out on a big boat and next minute, oh. mate, you're literally floating off the ocean. How would that come about? Yep, yep, yep. Jeff Coovey from Manly was with us on that. Um, that was another trip that we went on and that was the mothership. And you could see it coming and it was getting blacker and larger and larger, the whirly whirly, and just picking up the water, picking up the. I mean, we're probably in a boat bigger than bigger than Blakey, so it's probably about forty, fifty ton boat. Yep. And boom, straight up out of the water. I couldn't believe it. Lifted us straight up, bang. Wow. Probably come out of the water, I'd say, because the boat's pretty deep. Mm. It probably come out about a foot and a half or two foot, you know. Yeah. Wow. And then bang, drop down again. But yeah. That had everybody quite concerned about what was going to happen to us. <laughs> I reckon um, it would, because they're pretty nasty. They get Cliff quite Lines large. Was the other bloke from Manly that was with us? Yeah, I can remember Cliff Lyons. Yeah, growing up watching him play yeah, footy. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Uh, he fished with me. We were fishing for GTs. Yep. Right uh, out of, on the bottom end of uh, Fiji, there's a big, big channel runs through there, and the marlin travel in it as well mm. when they come heading back to. Hawaii will come back this way. So we're picking up these big GTs and we're hooked onto a rather large fish. Well, I didn't. Um, he did. Yeah. And I just watched, you know, as he was winding and winding and the fish was harder and harder to try and wind in and then he'd hold it and get him to hold it and he'd hold the fish, you know. And the muscles in his body yeah. were unbelievable. Yep. That come up, yeah. Mm. The only person I'd ever seen like that, and I knew him in his early days, was Arnold Schwarzenegger. Bad him, you got to meet Arnie. Yeah, oh yeah, many times. He was good friends. He was good friends. He came out here and he first started to shoot a pirate movie mm. with Paul Graham. Paul was Mister Universe, and, and you know all that. Yeah, he'd often you'd often see him carrying a crocodile up over his shoulders, up a ladder and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So I knew them quite well. And actually I got sick, really sick one time, and I was in St. Vincent's Hospital. Yep. And they're talking about my liver being shot and whatever. And Arnold made up a um, a, a powder form yep. supplement. And instead of these people feeding me strawberries all the time, yeah, put me on that. And I'd come down to about 50, just over 50 kilo. Mm. And yeah, by the time I finished on his supplement, that I left the hospital about 62, 63 kilo. Wow. But he used to come in every day. Him and Paul Graham would come in and see me every day. Unbelievable. Mate, you know? you, you've you've met and dined with the uh, you know, some of the rich and the famous of the of the of the planet, but also it's taken you some pretty unique fishing spots as well, mate. Oh, look, we, I, I love fishing in Vanuatu. We fished the comps over there. We had another one of those water lifting situations over there as well in, <laughs> in this boat, and it was leaking water everywhere, and shoemakers having a heart attack. 
I said, just grab a bit of rope and wrap it around us. Don't, you know, yeah. wherever the boat goes, we go with it because <laughs> it was black as. But the Fiji Islands were good, you know, fishing Fiji yeah. and off around all the islands. And of course, one of the guys I used to take also with me was called Mike New. He was a sales manager right. at 2KY. Yep. But his father was the king of the major island off Fiji. So we never had to go through customs or anything like that. We just went through the side door. So that was another good experience. But uh, fishing Tonga, we fished Tonga in a couple of times. Solomon Islands was something different. Why's that? Didn't I learn so much about the Japanese? Okay. From when they, where they would be, where, which day, in one place that we flew into, it was only the long grass to stop the plane from going over the edge of the cliff. You know, <laughs> and, and then the, the huts were out over. I used to say, one day, we're not drinking, I'm, I'm not going to go drink, I'll step outside from there. <laughs> nice. And goodbye, Kieran. Other times I've been there and we get in the longboat. The good old famous there. longboats of uh, of South Pacific. Yeah. Yes. Mm. And we'd go up to various islands, and like islands of just coral. Yep. And uh, I, I used to do a bit of diving with the boys then. And that was another interesting story while I'm talking about that. We're on one and the coconut. The you know, coconut crabs like were dangerous. They're that big, you know. Yeah. Uh, anyhow, we're gone diving. They said, "Kieran, you gotta learn when you don't. You gotta learn to be able to change tanks. They yes. just swimming, you know. Right. Um, like I never read the book or done any of that stuff. I just said, oh, we're going diving. They can't teach me. Just show me. Tell me what I got to do. What I don't have to do. Yeah. And. So we swimmed along one day, and I'm trying to change the tank, and I couldn't keep up. And I look back, and a bloody about a two, two and a half, two, two and a half foot shark's got hold of me fin. Bloody hell, sharks! Yeah, you know. But uh, some of the things when you dive down deep and out of the coral, all the different. Luminous lights of various types of fish that come out of the out of the coral. Yeah, Unbelievable stuff because it's so black and they're so luminous. And I dived on the boat, um, the PT boat that Kennedy was on, John F. Kennedy. Yeah, right. Oh, yep. I dived on that boat. Uh, I fished into that boat around there. You know, mm. it, it was another thing where you swim out. Uh, you're just going out like. In, with your diving gear on, and then, you go, and then all of a sudden you get to an edge. Yeah. And I don't want to. I, I, Chris has got hold of my arm. Yeah. And, and I don't want to go because it's pitch black, absolutely pitch black. It's a sheer cliff. Yeah. I, I don't want to go down there. Yeah. <laughs> but they dragged me down, and that's where I said all this luminous light of all these different little tiny fish, you know. Mesmerizing. There is so much to learn in the ocean. Kieran, there's there's so much to learn from you too, mate. You've you've done a lot of stuff in your life and there's still plenty more to do as well. 
but the High Tide show, I, I'm just going to give that a spread up because we're going to have to fly now, is that um, okay. next Saturday and Sunday, every every weekend, you can check it out on the 2SM Radio Network and, of course, the affiliate stations all the way all the way down towards uh, you know South Sydney and all of Queensland. Or just jump onto the website and type in High Tide. You can listen to it live wherever you are around the world. And you can have a chat and listen up with Kieran and uh, Blakey and any of the guests that they get in there. And, of course, it's a great show, and uh, they're covering all topics from uh, anything from you know government through to local. And, of course, uh, they can change the way that fishing is, and that is to do with the people. So people are, are giving them the ideas and the information, and you guys are portraying it back to everyone as well from the top top shelf. Kieran, thanks for your time today, buddy. Greatly appreciate it, mate. Great. I'd love to come back because I want to tell you about the Kimberleys and fishing the Kimberleys, the crocodiles, and the big 1.5-metre barrel cord. Mate, 1.5 metres, that's a monster. It is a monster. I've got the photos to show you. I might give them to you one day. You can put them on your program. Mate, when you're coming up here, buddy, we'll uh, we'll get out there and, uh, and and grab a bite to eat and, and uh, reminisce again. It sounds like an absolute plan. Let's put it in for a date. I love it. I'm gonna go. I'll have to have a listen and see how, how bad I sound. <laughs> you sound fine, mate. Good on you, buddy. <laughs> there you have it. See you, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, mate. There you have it, everybody. It's another Step Outside podcast. Certainly is an interesting character. That's Kieran Riki from the High Tide Show, which you can listen up every weekend on 2SM. Hope you have a wonderful weekend or whatever you're doing. Catch a few fish, just enjoy yourself, play it safe. And, of course, we'll see you with Season 4 next weekend on 7, mate. We can catch up on the 7 Plus website for Step Outside with Paul Bird. Have yourself a great week, everyone. May your rod bend off. Mm-hmm.